York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. Welcome to the Nick of Time show where we give it that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. As you can see, Jay Ellis is not here because my man is on vacation, but we got the B team. That's not even the B team because it's still the A team. So it's like the A minus team without Jay Ellis. We're here. So last night, the Knicks lost to the Mavericks 128 to 124. We're going to get into it, but I'm going to introduce my people first. First, we have the Latin assassin, Lee Escobedo. Tell the people how you feeling. Listen, man, I, I got my ops gear on. I had a battle math fans on night, bro. Bum-ass <laughs> math fans. I'm on my ops shit, looking out for MFFL. I'm got hands for you, bro. I'm waiting. Rematch coming soon. One month. My MSG. Be in the building. Let's go. Yes, sir. And we have Ebony, the KOT Rookie of the Year. Let the people know how you're feeling. I'm good. I'm chilling. Everybody relax. One game. Relax. Look, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Make make defense great again. We're going to be good. Relax. <laughs> most, most definitely. The Knicks definitely did not make defense great again in that first half because they allowed the Mavericks to jump out to a lead. The Knicks tried to come back later on in the game. That's when the Knicks got serious. Actually started to play defense and were able to cut it to one point. But <laughs> unfortunately, there was a there was a play where the Mavericks had three straight offensive rebounds, and I think Josh Green I think hits the three that pretty pretty that pretty much puts them up by four and pretty, pretty much sealed the game for the Mavericks. So I'm gonna get through the stats right quick. Julius Randle led the way, 32 points, six rebounds, five assists. Jalen Brunson, 30 points, eight assists. Dante DiVincenzo again with the road performances, keeping up his stellar role play with 19 points. And after that, it was pretty much Brick City. Nobody else really produced for the Knicks. Um, I'm going to get back to I'm going to get to the team stats right quick. So the Mavericks shoot 50% from the field, which is a recipe for disaster. They shoot 41.5% from three, 17 three-pointers, again, a recipe for disaster. And the Knicks had 16 turnovers, which is above their league average. So, again, recipe for disaster. Um, the, like I said, this game was pretty much ruined from the start. Knicks never led the whole game. They came out very lethargic while the Mavericks came out with a lot of energy. And the Mavericks were able to take that energy and pounce on the Knicks early. Um, first half was pretty terrible defensively. You can point out a lot of different players, but it was really the team defense. Nobody on nobody on the team was really defending the way they should have. And as a result of that, the Mavs were able to penetrate and penetrate into the lane, kick off open threes. Knicks weren't running out to these three-point shooters, trying to run them off the line or even contest the shot. I don't know how many open threes the Mavericks had in that first half, but that game was pretty much done from there. So now we're, I'm going to get Lee and Ebony's thoughts. Um, I'm going to start off with Lee. What are your thoughts about the game? All right, guys, I calm down. I'm taking Ebony's advice. I lit a candle. I lit some incense. You know, all right, no more ops. New year, new me. Let's be peaceful. Just one game. Dad, keep it context. We won five out of the last six. OG Anobi has skyrocketed our teams plus minus, which is a raw stat. It's not a great stat, but 
an, an effective plus minus two, which combines offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding, steals, blocks. iHeart has been one of the best in the NBA, and we have multiple guys in this roster who have been really high across the NBA as well. So obviously the impact is there. The run's still there. We're still a great team. We're still top five in the East. Let's not get two out the window yet. I think there were a lot of positives to think about moving forward in terms of the options we have to improve. I also think it reaffirmed the take that I've been arguing on Twitter with a bunch of bums, which is we need a backup point guard. My guy, Deuce McBride, you are a nice kid. You're a good player. You're a dog, dog and deep defender. You're not Emmanuel quickly. And that is okay. We re-signed him. He's under contract. No need to trade him. I'm not advocating for him to be traded. I'm not even advocating for him to be benched. But I do think that we can develop him in a longer timeline because we don't need him right now. We need to go out and get somebody, a Jordan Clarkson, Malcolm Brogdon, someone who can actually get a bucket in crunch time because none of the options available currently are great defenders. So it's at least it's someone who can create their own shot and create shots for others, which Brogdon and especially Jordan Clarkson are both able to do with five assists a game. I've been arguing that. And even though McBride had that great game in Portland, I think last night showed the flip side of that. We're going to be horribly ineffective on offense. And my guy, I watched it with my own two eyes. I was there last night. Me and Pops had great seats. Shout out, Pops. Shout out, Glamour Knicks, who we hung out with all night. And so does the tickets. I appreciate you, girl. It was great shopping up with you and getting to meet you. But I watched you, McBride, with my own two eyes. My boy got hunted and cooked by Kyrie Irving, who was worth the price of admission alone. He gave a masterclass in basketball, masterclass in isolation, and a masterclass in ball handling. Dude was on fire. OG played him as well as he could. McBride played him well as he could. And he cooked everybody. At one point, he started hunting McBride. And he cooked the shit out of it. Hands down, one of the most skilled players in the history of NBA. Perhaps the most skilled player in the NBA right now. A great all-around person. Does not deserve a character assassination of the mainstream media. And one of my favorite players in the NBA. Shout out Kyrie Irving, my man. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, Shout man. out Kyrie Irving. I'm on the same way. Uh, I know this is a Nick show, but I, I do really like Kyrie Irving. Um, because uh, I appreciate the game. and He's very skillful. Like he, nah. He's super, super skillful. If he was taller, we'd probably be talking about GOAT status. You understand? Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. um, and he has that mentality. Yes, yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, he what, what's important to him, and, and it seems like basketball, he's motivated behind it again. It's just that he has some um injury issues, so his numbers might not be the hugest, rather. But they had Derek White. I, I almost had a, I got a brub pick. I'm a, I'm a hold on to it because <laughs> I'm just thinking about something. But yeah, Kyrie, people that they dislike, uh blind you blind them from the problem he really is like yes. he's an absolute problem like my favorite or my all-time favorite player is Allen Iverson and you know his handle was ridiculous you understand like I, I always tell people about that Dan you you know the Dan you uh was it the Dan you's play where he crossed them twice in one play that's I, that's that's I, I, yeah Daniels um I think on, I, on the Wizards yeah Daniels Antonio Daniels was, was, it, was it first yeah, Antonio Daniels there you Antonio go Daniels. Yeah, Antonio Daniels yeah yeah so yeah I, so so for me Kyrie reminds me a lot of Kyrie and Brunson to be honest uh, uh remind me a lot of AI just that killer mentality where 100%. where you they don't think anybody can guard them you know um they look and embarrass you <laughs> um so like. I thought we would, we would have this game in the bag. I really did. I'm like, okay, Kyrie's a problem, but one person can't beat your team. And that's true. One person can't beat your team. 
but then we had Hardy. <laughs> then we had Tim Hardaway Jr. Then you had uh, what's his name, Green, right? Josh Green yeah. had eleven points in the first the first quarter. Was it like eleven points in the first quarter? And, and then you had Hardy cooking people up. Like our defense was atrocious yesterday. It was so bad. Uh, and, and sometimes they wasn't even making uh two or three moves. They were just blown by us. I'm like, okay, I get it. Maybe they maybe they were in um. The barbecue joints, they got the itis. <laughs> you know, um, Julius home, Grimes in his home state. You know, they're, they're human. They are human. Like, everybody, they are human. I get it. They're human. So it, it might have been much. They might have put a lot of, you know, pressure on themselves. You get yourself too hyped. Because this game, what I noticed differently was that Brunson and Randall, they were looking to get theirs more first instead of, what we've been doing before, which is getting other people involved first, and then they take over in the fourth quarter, third quarter when we need them and that. So so it seemed like, you know, Randall wanted to perform. He's home. He wants to perform. Brunson wants to perform. He's at his older team. And that's understandable. They are human. I, I remember playing against old teams and things of that nature. You know, <laughs> you you get up, you highs and lows. Um that's that's why you you know Giannis says he doesn't like to be friends with people because you can't play he can't he might not be able to be uh play hard against his friends understandable you know you never know it's a it's one bad game <clears throat> but with the with the Deuce thing I've noticed Deuce that what what Lee said about Deuce for for um a minute I I love Deuce you know anybody that's playing the other side of the court is a, a, a they they got a fan of me. So, um, Deuce, but with him, for being his size, his first step is really slow. And his handle is not the best. So when when we were giving him the job, I was telling him, remember, I gave him the same advice I was giving Obi. That ball has to stand, stay in your hand. He needs it wherever he goes. Like the old school, they used to tell you, dribble wherever you go. Both hands dribble wherever you go because he's not the fastest. He has to use the change of speeds and his, his you know, IQ. Uh, but I like where his shooting is coming to. I do like where, where his three point is, is is coming coming along. So um, I'm not, again. I'm like Lee. I'm not asking to trade, but maybe to to another scorer on the bench. Okay, I'm cool with that. But the the question with me is the people that we want. Do they want to come off the bench? Yeah, that's a question that's that has to be answered, especially when the Knicks um going to um trade deadline, talking to different teams, seeing who's out there available, who's willing to actually come off the bench. Um, do want to touch on a few things right quick. Um, yeah, Kyrie Irving is definitely one of the most talented point guards probably all time when it comes to, like, straight talent. His handles are crazy, et cetera. And I think one of the questions I had for the Knicks in this game was, why did it take them so long to double-team Kyrie Irving? Because it hmm. was clear that one-on-one -on -one was just cooking whoever Bingo. was guarding him. So it's like, okay, if you have this guy where you cannot stop him one-on-one, -on -one, why not send a double towards him? And as you can see in that game, once the Knicks started sending the double towards him, that threw the Mavericks off, and that's how the Knicks were able to get back into the game late in the fourth quarter and cut the lead to one point. So that's one thing I wanted to touch on. The other thing as well, um, it's clear when you watch this Knicks team that, okay, so I know you have a lot of Knicks fans out there that, want to give our guys a chance to grow into a role and things of that nature. And I, and, and, and I can understand it because, you know, you want to root for your guys that, you know, you drafted and, you know, homegrown talent and you want to see them grow. 
But the fact of the matter is once the Knicks made that trade, where they trade away RJ and IQ to their homegrown players for a guy like OG and brought him into the team to, to solidify the defense and also a guy that fits into the offense that can knock down that corner three. And you saw how this team just jumped up immediately off of that trade. Immediately, this team goes into a win-now mode because it's clear that there's no more developing going on. The, the aim is to win now. And if you look at the Knicks bench, I'm not saying that's I'm not saying that's why the Knicks lost this game because the bench did play terrible, but for me it was effort. Effort. If the Knicks came out with full effort in the first quarter and didn't allow the Mavericks to jump on them, they would have won this game. But it's not even just in this game; it's in previous games as well. It seems like when the bench unit is in the game and say, like for example, Julius Randle's on the bench, Jalen Brunson's on the bench, and just the bench unit in this game, like, and it happened in the other games as well that the Knicks have won. The Knicks would have a drought where they would go like five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes without a field goal. And that's because yes. they don't have and that's because they don't have a legit score coming off the bench that can actually provide buckets when Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle is not in the game. And if this Knicks team is going to solidify themselves as a team that can truly contend this season, they have to make that move for a guy. And for me, it's either it's either one way or another. It could be a move where they get somebody who can legit play the two with playmaking, that shooting ability, and then you move Devo to the bench to solidify the bench, or you can keep Devo on the starting lineup and just bring in somebody who's good with coming off the bench to solidify that bench. So either way, that bench has to be solidified. But at the end of the game, but at the end of the day, for me, it was all about effort. If the Knicks came, if the Knicks came out with full effort, the Mavericks would have won that game. The Knicks would have won that game, and we would be talking about a six-game winning streak right now. Can I respond? I want to hop in. Yeah. I think it's so interesting how all three of us are so different. We come from very different points of view, but we always tend to kind of have the overlapping, a similar understanding of how we see the game how and what, what we see as being wrong and what we see as being right. That's fascinating to me that we just had that natural chemistry and JLS is a part of that as well. I want, I want to comment on a few things. The doubling part. In the second quarter, and this was initiated by Randall. Randall started helping OG, trapping – Kyrie in the left corner and Kyrie was forced to pass it out. And where Dwight and Grant Williams were catching it close to the left-hand corner, they were turning the ball over. That's not spots that they typically are when certain plays are being ran. They were out of sorts, but they came over to help, to help Kyrie in the double team. I don't know why Tibbs went away from that. The moment he went away from that, they caught the lead back up. And all of a sudden he, re he refrained with the team to maintain single coverage and that type of thinking, that arrogance, to not double is, a, is similar to when he demands to drop. No matter what, you're getting cooked from the perimeter and he stays in that drop coverage. Those are the type of things. Seen it firsthand, it was the first time in a long time I was furious at Tibbs. I, I just I didn't understand why he wasn't making those adjustments when it was working. And then the fourth quarter, he went to it too late. He should have started that double trapping with seven, eight minutes left in the game before Brunson came back in. But instead, he waited for the last two, three minutes where you really have to call and you start having to pin on very low percentage, very high difficulty shots to bail yourself out. And when Brunson doesn't have it that night and Jorano doesn't have it that night, but efficiency-wise, especially in the first half, these guys are tired. McBride only played nine, nine or 11 minutes. All nine, 11 were horrible. They were ass cheap minutes every single second of it. But when that happens, Brunson's worn out. So to structure 
your runs that way is counterproductive to get yourself back in the game and having the endurance in those last two minutes to run effective plays instead of relying on isolation. That could have been solved by simple coaching adjustments. But Tibbs' biggest weakness is adjusting. So frustrating. Also, he had this he had this damn lineup out there. I think it was the third quarter. And when we went on one of those six-minute droughts, they had Hart, Precious, and McBride. And I believe the other two pairings were maybe, I think, Grimes and Randall. Bro, I never want to see that lineup ever again. Does that lineup ever give him optimal uh, data-driven uh, relevancy in practice? Do you watch that lineup out there and they're, they're taking the lead against the opposing uh, the other five guys? It can't. Where does the offense come from? You're demanding yourself to put Randall bully ball, Randall offensive drives, Randall charges, and guess what happened? Randall got called for charges. Randall got called for offensive fouls. Why? Who's he going to kick it out to? Deuce of Bride, who is 0 for 5, whatever. Precious, who can't hit the back, the, the back of the other rim. Those offense, those lineup things, I'm like, man, I am no genius whatsoever. I'm a slightly above average observer of basketball. Never played serious organized ball in my life. But I see that. How can I see that? And you don't. Those are the things I'm frustrated about. The big picture, losing the game, no. We're still a great team, one move away from a championship. But those failures to adjust, and Ryan, you hit so much on the head that I just, I need to like keep going on them. <laughs> that is what got me angry. That's what got me and Pops and Glamour pissed. But there were simple things he could have done that would have put us back in the game earlier so our guys didn't have to be run ragged in the last two minutes. Ran over, sorry. Yeah, um, you definitely definitely said a lot and definitely pointed out a lot of good things as well. Um, this is why I'm an advocate for the Knicks making another move because the way the bench is situated at the moment, it forces the Knicks to either have to stick with Brunson in, in that second unit or Randall in that second unit. And oftentimes, like I don't I, like even though Randall has improved and shown that he can drive to the basket, you know, kick out to open teammates and things of that nature at times. Like, I really don't want to put the, I don't really don't want to put the responsibility on Randall to do that. I would rather put that, I would rather put that responsibility on somebody else who can actually play make and create shots for others. And at the same time, be able to give Julius Randall and Jalen Brunson that rest where later in games, you can put them in and they're more fresh to, you know, to bring the team home. And I think, you know, what you said just proves like, yeah, the Knicks do need that extra player yes. to come in so that you so you don't have to play those type of lineups where you're depending on Randall to really run a point forward and get other people involved. Yeah, I uh, I just mentioned, uh, was it last game? Remember, I said I, I, I'm kind of hesitant to give Tibbs credit because <laughs> I always have to take it back. <laughs> I just said that last. I said that last uh, uh, post game. So like, here we go, and uh, and now here I'm, I'm I'm taking it back. Um, yeah, I, I you know y'all remember Rap City, the basement. Y'all yeah, remember yeah. that the show? Okay, yeah, so Tim would never get he would never get invited to that show because he can't freestyle. Uh, it needs to be written. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he can't freestyle. He can't go off the top of the head. He got to be written. Like I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I can't. Um. I can't call it. It's like 
he gets his own way. He's his own defender. It's crazy. We we talk about the coaches that he's better. I'm like, yeah, he's better than a lot of these coaches, but he gets it his own way. It's him yeah. versus him. Yes. <laughs> you know, he gets into legit his own way. He stops people's streaks. He pulls people that are hot out. It's just like, come on, Tim. I know you got a, a strategy, but if something is working, like beat the dead horse. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like do it until it doesn't work anymore. Other teams do that to us. How many times have other people keep going off on us and we're like, who is this guy? But they keep feeding him because he's hot. That's what you got to do. Kyrie didn't come in there saying, hey, I'm going to beat the Knicks by myself. Kyrie came in yesterday game saying, I'm going to get everybody else involved and I'm going to bust their behind. And that's exactly what he did. Hardy came through. Tim Hardaway Jr. came through. Um, who else was it? I'm missing something. Josh Green. I'm sorry, Josh Green, because he killed us too. Josh Green came through and they were hit and they were getting three pointers and the stuff that we thought were changed showed up again. Um, it was a play. Brunson was damn near on the other side of the paint. And his man, he was on the left side of the paint, and his man was on the right, the right uh three-point corner. How you get into that man? How? <laughs> How he didn't. He got eyed up. Somebody hit an open three-pointer. Like, mm -hmm. these are the things that, that we, we we have to, it just, I understand when pressure comes, when things don't go your way, you go back to what you know. So, like, this this is the, the things that we have to know. are, are Is uh, Brunson and, and Randall, is this how they play regularly? Or or is it what they're trying to incorporate in their game? You get what I'm saying? Because you know how you go pressure bus pipe. So, when, you, when the pressure comes on, you go back to what you know. And yesterday, we seen a bunch of iso ball. <laughs> we seen a bunch of ISO ball yesterday, and um, I I hope it doesn't continue. I really does. I really do. But um, yeah, we we, we tips tips got to be better with that with the with the freestyling. He got to come off the dome more and stop getting into into his his own head. Uh, Don, there's no reason Josh Hart should be playing all these minutes against. Uh, oh, I, I, and I'm a Hart fan, y'all. Like like before anybody, y'all know I love Josh Hart. I'm a Hart fan. But if Dante DiVincenzo is doing what he's doing in the minutes he's doing what he's doing, wouldn't you give him a little bit more? Wouldn't you be like, all right, let me see what you do with more minutes? And <laughs> uh, I, I lied. I had to go back to my rant. I need to sit on tips some more. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on, let me, let me oh, tap boy. me back into the rain. This, 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 this is coming from the text earlier today. You know? in. <laughs> Listen, I, this, I take it, Lee, take it. This is everything. This made me, I mean, Glamour was like worried at me at one point. I was ripping my hair out. This really frustrated me. Okay, Luca's out. It's a one-man show. Super obvious, first of all. Okay, trapped the whole game. Besides that, look at the rest of the opposition. From two through twelve, I'll break it down for you. Bum 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 bum. It's just a rack of bums, bro. Grant Williams, fat bum. Dwight How Dwight Powell, dumb bum. Matthew Kleber, broken bum. Jaden Harvey, young bum. They're all bums with different adjectives before bum. Did Powell almost get a give himself a concussion? They only take two kinds of shots. I was there watching my my own two peoples. They either shot a three. Or they went for the lob. That's it. Grant Williams, Dwight Powell, Josh Green, lob. Jane Hardy, Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Green, three. That's it. Why can you not adjust the defense? Why can't you move away from your game plan? And as Ebony said, freestyle and, and change and adapt to what the defense, what the offense is giving you. He doesn't. 
He stayed with the same game plan, guarding the paint. Bro, no one is driving except for Kyrie. He's the only one capable. This is why I say bum. Capable of putting the ball on the floor with a high percentage of uh, making a shot, especially a difficult shot or an easy shot. Kyrie's the only one. So go pack the perimeter. Don't get off your man. Uh, communicate on defense or, uh, when, when the switch happens because they were sending a lot of pits and the guys wide open and guys are just crashing and crashing on Dwight Howard's shoulders. But, dude, it's not super complicated unless you make it complicated. And last night, the Knicks made it complicated by not guarding the only two things bum two through 12 were giving you, which was a three and a lob. Stop that. You win the game. And do you have people, the Knicks were beaten by Kyrie Irving and the bums on the <laughs> Mavericks. Um, okay, so <laughs> I will say it was this. Cool, though. Um, I was surrounded, I wasn't surrounded by Mav fans, so the, I wasn't like battling all night with, with Mav fans. We were surrounded by Nick fans, bro. And there, were, there was this one family. I won't give a shot. I don't know who they were. I should have introduced myself. There's a family that had two kids. The littlest kid, three years old, Wilson Chandler jersey. The older kid, like 13, Steph Marbury jersey. The pops, Dalarani jersey. The mom, Mellow Jersey. I was like, this is the dopest family I've ever oh, seen. Yeah. Like, that is so tight. That, and we those parents by, are doing right. For real, yeah, we were are. surrounded. <laughs> Me, Pops, and Glamour were surrounded by Knit fans, and that was great. So I didn't have a bunch of people saying dumb shit to me all night. I was there with family, and that made it a lot better. All right, I'm done. I'm sorry, I'm done. <laughs> you know, matter of fact, shout out to the Knicks fans at that Dallas Mavericks game because I was watching the game on TV, and I definitely saw, like, pockets of Knicks fans within the audience. So I want yes. to thank the Knicks fans in Dallas being there to support the team. And I do want to touch on one thing about Thibs because I agree with like everything Lee said, everything Ebony said about Thibs. And I think with Thibs, I think he got a bit too arrogant with the way he defended the Mavericks this game. Because I think Thibs looked at the first five games at OG and he's thinking that, you know what? We can guard these teams straight up. You know, if anything, if they penetrate, the team defense is going to pick up the slack and they're going to be able to stop, you know, whoever, you know, stop, you know, the other team and things of that situation. But then when you have a guy like Kyrie Irving with the handles he has, the shooting ability that he has, and the way that he's able to break down a defense, I think at that point you have to be like, you know what? Yeah, usually our team defense is great. And we're able to help off each other and stop the other team from scoring. But for this game, with this type of player on their roster, we have to switch it up a little bit. And that's what Thibs failed to do. Later on in the game, he finally decided to switch it up. He got the Knicks back into the game. If he would have done the switch up earlier, the Knicks would have won this game. But unfortunately, yes. but unfortunately, it wasn't the case. Thibs does get in, get in his way a lot of times. And honestly, I think that's the biggest flow with Thibs. Just for the simple fact that when it comes to freestyle, like, like Ebony said, like when it comes to making adjustments, not all the time he's able to make those necessary adjustments to, you know, get the Knicks over the top to win a game. And that's the only thing that's the only thing that's, you know, Florida. But I do want to calm it down because, look, even though the Knicks lost this game to the Mavericks, it doesn't mean the ship is sinking. It no. doesn't mean that we need to trade this player or we need or we need to trade that player because Nick's Twitter was on fire. Like, I don't know what's wrong with a lot of people on Nick's Twitter. I don't know if y'all are just unhinged or <laughs> y'all feel the need to, like, overreact over every loss, whatever the case may be. But just because 
the Knicks don't play well one game, and it's a game that they could have won if they just had better effort in the first quarter. Like, I don't think that's a recipe for, you know what, we need to trade Josh Hart or we need to trade this player or, you know, the Knicks need this and Knicks need that. Nah, it was a winnable game. And honestly, like, a lot of people think that we, that these players are iRobots. People think that these players are just programmed a certain way and they can't make mistakes. They can't have off games or whatever the case may be. Like, they expect a player to go out there full 82 games and be on his game every single game. No, these people are human. It's not like that. Even though the Knicks are playing well right now, they're going to have off games. It's a given. So I don't understand these people going off a damn cliff talking about, you know, just being miserable for no reason. The Knicks are still in a good place. They could have won this game. It's not anything to, you know, jump off a cliff over. And I know Josh Hart is getting a whole lot of flack right now. Good. And I know a lot of Knicks fans are not fond of Josh Hart at the moment. But I might be in the minority here. I'm not giving up on Josh Hart just yet. Just for the simple fact, I know when he's on his game, I know the impact that he can provide in a game, especially when he's rebounding the ball, pushing the pace, and able. To, and when he's a bulldozer to the rim on fast breaks, finishing at the rim. So I know when he's on his game, he's a very effective player. And I know this season, he has not been that great. I'll be the first to admit that. He's been up and down this whole season. But when he's on, he's on. And... I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm, I don't know why I'm a Josh Hart defender because I see a lot of Knicks fans turned on him, but to, but tonight I'm gonna be a Josh Hart defender. Who wanna go first? Yeah, yeah, you already know I'm a defender. Anybody playing defense, anybody that want to play defense, I got you back because people, people underrate defenders crazy and the impact they have. It's only one ball, so um, you know, with Josh Hart, <clears throat> excuse me, with with Josh Hart, he doesn't do anything that particularly like you know, like, wow. You know, he came here and he was shooting above average, his average. Everybody thought, oh, you know, that's what he was going to continue, but that's never been his game. So I didn't expect that. You know, I was happy he was, he fit in well. And I knew, I know that his, his impact means more in, in situations like the players. You understand? So the extra offensive rebound, you notice that more. The, the, the extra deflection, you will notice that more. But now in the regular season, you know, it's just like, all right, Josh Hart, he's he's not hitting three points. We give him balls, he's not hitting it. That's all people see right now. And I understand it. But even that, he he didn't play such a, a smart game. He didn't look locked in. Maybe he he was with the barbecue too. Uh <laughs> <laughs> he didn't look so locked in. He had some mental laps. A lot everybody did yesterday, though. That's that's the thing. Like it was just like they 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 were drinking their own Kool-Aid, like that. We had this in the bag, you know? Like, I got this in the bag. You, they, that's how they were guarding them, too. Literally, Brunson <laughs> was in the other side of the paint. His man was on the right side. He was on the left side of the paint. His man is on the right corner. You're not guarding nobody, Brunson. <laughs> You're not guarding anybody. Like, we just, we drank our own Kool-Aid. We felt that they couldn't they couldn't beat us. And you could tell in our, in our play. And I play, you definitely could tell. Um, the way we guarded everybody, we were daring them to shoot and they shot and they were making it. And then when we adjusted, <laughs> it was too late. <laughs> so <laughs> it was too late. But Tibbs got he gotta be better with that pit. I mean, with the freestyle. I need him to get practice, go go hit up Funk Flex, whoever he gotta hit up, but he gotta get 
he got to get better with that freestyle because he he on his written. I need him to get on his Jay Z. Okay, get on your Jay Z, please, Tibbs. Um, because it, it's only gonna help us. You're a good coach when when you want to be, but he gets into his own way, and, and when he does unnecessary adjustments or doesn't adjust at all. It's just like, and we see what happened. We lose to a Mavericks team with no Matt, with no Luca, lively. Who else would we? They was missing again. Somebody else, right? It was another uh -huh. key player. Yeah, oh yeah, excellent. I'm sorry. Yeah, excellent. Playing fantastic for him. Yes, yes. Who who rejuvenated his career? So yeah. like, like you know, we we <laughs> we we just got to get more focused. And I'm not. I'm really not. I'm not worried about it as a game. I know we talk about game for game and, and we tend to lose uh we tend to lose sight of the whole season because we do talk about it game for game and people tend to overreact, but I'm I'm not doing I'm not doing that. Um, well what I will say is that every time I do give Tibbs credit, <laughs> he makes me regret it. <laughs> I will say that though. But, First yeah. off, I, I see in the chat. I see Jay Ellis in the chat. My brother, thank you for supporting, even when you're on vacation with your lady. Uh, I hope you're having an amazing time. I'm sorry I'm going off on Tibbs, bro. I, I, <laughs> listen, I also want to clarify. I am not saying fire Tibbs. Tibbs is still, in my opinion, second best coach in the Eastern Conference. I do not want him fired right now. Let the man play out his contract. Make a decision there based on what he does in the playoffs this year, okay? Don't fire Tibbs. Also, not a fan of Deuce. Don't trade Deuce. I'm criticizing but it doesn't mean I want to go all the way and get rid of them. Okay. I am not unlike y'all. I am not a fan of Josh Hart. I am. I don't enjoy watching him play. I also don't enjoy watching Deuce McBride play. He does all the little things. Yes. He does all the little things. That's just me. Okay. Does, Josh Hart does all the little things, but the things that matter the most for the two and three in a modern NBA, where I think Josh Hart could be unbelievable in 2005, 2007, when the game was played differently in today's modern ball, his inability to hit the three and stretch the defense at the two and three, it really handicaps you in the modern offense. You can have that for Mitch at the five and still be a dominant team. But when you have zero shooting coming from the two spot over three spot, it really throws a wrench in the offensive flow. And it makes the line that you have to have at least two guys on the court who are capable of getting a bucket in every scenario. And we don't always have that when we have Stagger, Brunson, and Randall now that RJ and IQ are gone. So it's there, we haven't yet consolidated and figured out the offensive flow. Because if now, if Hart could hit that three, we wouldn't be in the predicament that we're in. But because he can't, we're having trouble finding offense when either Brunson or Randall sits because it's four on five on that side of the ball when he's out there. Now, every player is imperfect. I harp on him a little bit more because of his erroneous contract. $18 million, uh, to me, is an overpay. Again, I like the dude. I understand that it's, it's a corporate move to keep Jalen Brunson satisfied. I understand that. I'm cool with that. I also understand that maybe it's a higher price to add to include him in the trade in the future for a future star. But I am only in the here and now. And in the here and now, he is an overpaid underachieving offensive player who disrupts our offense and causes us to go on very long droughts of scoring. So there's a balanced approach to me and watch it my own two eyes too. He also, there's moments where Irving was looking for him to get away from OG. He was hunting him and allowing him to, uh, when Hart was on him and he was obliterating him with his first step. 
I think the heart is a solid defender in the post, but when he has to head to the perimeter, that's where I think he might lose a step because he doesn't have that first step to get out there and really recover. And he got burnt a lot by Josh Green and Tim Hardaway, especially trying to recover out to the perimeter to guard them and hit threes. And both of them went buck wild tonight. And Josh Green is one of the most ass players in the NBA. And Tim Hardaway is one of the most inconsistent players in the NBA. But damn, did they not have great nights against the Knicks per usual. So that was also very frustrating. Don't trade Tibbs. Don't fire Tibbs. Don't trade McBride. Don't trade Josh Hart. But if you decide to do those things, there's going to be a part of me that's going to be happy. But I am not advocating for it because all of tw- all of Twitter last night was looking like the Totsit boys, man. And I was seeing accounts that aren't usually Totsit being super Totsit. So I agree, Ryan. Let's get back to the middle. We are still an amazing team. I still think we have a chance at the finals this year, even without making a move. And if we do make a move, championship, baby, we're outside forever. And in other words... What Lee basically said is, Josh Hart and Miles McBride, you're about this close to being a bum. So get your shooting up, improve your play, and you won't be that close to be, being called a bum. They are. But both of those are stand-up. Both have very high characters. I love them as people. I'm only talking about on the court. Yeah. On the court, they hurt us. Off the court, they help us so much by being stand-up dudes and great teammates. I, I think – um. I thought Josh Hart would come back with a, maybe a better jump shot, but um, I think his value. I I I know people always talk about the contract, but we you know the contracts are always progressing, so his contract is not going to look like anything soon. And when you hear about uh, when you hear coaches like Spo and Ty Lue who speak very highly of him, who knows what the value they think he can bring to that team will look like, you know. Um, they were around him. They did. They were around him. They saw how he works. So, you know, um, even though he may be having maybe an off season because he may, I think he bit off more than he should. He could true chew. Sorry, with the last year was the first time he made the playoffs, and then you go to the Olympics. Like that's the first time your your seasons has has been that long ever. You know. Um. So yeah, I I like I like Josh Hart because he does he he doesn't do anything particularly really 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 great. Like, if you want to say, you know, his effort is great, I'll give you that. But he doesn't do anything particularly great. He just do does a lot of things good. Like, he he, he tries to impact the game in a multiple different ways. And when you do that, uh, good things happen eventually. They always do. I always say he's more of a, a playoff player. Uh, you'll notice his impact for real, for real more in the playoffs. But I, I, I did think that his jump shot would have been better this year. But, again, he, he might have – Thought he could do more than he could <laughs> because the your first time in the playoffs and the and the Olympics that's a long season, and then come in and have have you have your coach playing you out of position, that's an even longer season. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, and like Ebony said, um, in the playoffs you'll definitely see his impact more because in that Cleveland series he was definitely crucial. He definitely played really well in that Cleveland series, so. We're hoping that when the Knicks made the playoffs again this year, that Hart can make a similar impact that he did in that series against Cleveland. <clears throat> so before we move on, I just want to shout out to the chat right quick. Thank you for chilling with us on a Friday evening. I want to shout out the best modern of game, Fritz, holding it down as always. That's Julie. not Jay Ellis in the chat. That's Fritz in the chat. Yeah, that's My, Fritz, yes. Jay Ellis is actually hanging out with Israel and not giving a damn about what we're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> Good for him. And we got Phil Porto in the chat, Julian Blum, um, yeah. Zulu Caesar, 
East Blue Drew, Picks for Timmy, Ivory 10. I saw Glamour Knicks earlier, John Baines. Nice. Everyone else who's in the chat with us, we appreciate it. Thank you for being with us. So before I move on, does anybody else have any other thoughts about the Knicks and Mavericks game? Uh, I, I Somebody asked a question and said, oh, Phil actually did say, okay, so if we don't do this Murray and big name stuff, I talked this money about Olenek being a good pickup because if Mitch doesn't come back, he can play backup five. And if Mitch comes back, he can still, he can still play, you know, he can still play in like, the, like, so what, what, what do y'all think about that? The backup four. Great question. Yeah. Um, for me, I wouldn't be against it. I still think the bigger need is a playmaker off the bench or at least a playmaker that you would insert in that two spot. And then you move Devo back to the bench. I still, I still think that's the bigger need. But, you know, I was a, I was a big Olenek fan. I, you know, before the Knicks even made the trade for OG, I was like the Knicks should target Olenek, you know, for, you know, Mitch being out for the season. But seeing that it looks like more, it looks more than likely Mitch will come back before the season ends. Mm -hmm. I'm not too big on going after another big because I'm because I'm I'm with the assumption that we're going to have Mitch and we're going to have Ironheart going into the playoffs, which is my hope which is why my focus is more on either that backup playmaker or that playmaker that you can insert in the starting lineup and move Devo back to the bench or strengthen the bench. Either, either way works for me. Ryan, where where did, did you get that take on Olenek? I think it was on a certain show. What show was it, my man? <laughs> he got game on SNY. Let's go! Ryan SNYG, baby, let's go. I saw, I saw. I like, I like Kelly. I like Kelly. I can do that. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that, depending on what we have to give up for him. i just trying to give up Evan. I'm with Julius when he said nobody else on his roster. We good. Like, we can get rid of the picks. I'm with, I'm with that, but I know what he meant. Like, Evan and some picks. I get it. Like, <laughs> Evan and some, some picks. I understand. Um, I I like Kelly. I like that he can stretch the floor and he can play the five or the four. That's that's big. And he can come off the bench. He's okay with that. He wouldn't be disgruntled, not starting and things of that nature. I do like, I, I we spoke about it before, and um, I think, who was it? East Blue Juice mentioned it too, about Drew Clarkson. Clarkson. I, I would like him just as a scoring punch off that bench. I really would. I know he's more expensive, but I, I, I definitely, I, I'm scared of who we have to give up to, to get him. Cause, um, but right now it's just like conf I'm confused because it's up and down. I don't know if if we need to get another creator because sometimes Grimes and McBride do their thing, and then then this game they didn't. But do we need a backup scorer in that position, or do we need a backup big? Because Precious is up and down. Everybody up and down on that bench <laughs> right now, you know. So it's just like I just that's why I said just chill right now because we don't know really what piece we need. Um. Because Grimes and, and McDeuce do their thing sometimes. And then, you know, Precious shows flashes every once in a while. What he does, I, I, I don't. So that's why I'm like, I'm not I'm not in a rush. Feb was it February? What's the deadline? February 8th, I believe. Robert. February 8th. Okay. So, like, we got some time. I know it's not much, but this is tryout time. <laughs> tryout <laughs> right. time. Turn up the Kill Bill siren. I'm actually going to disagree with Ebony on this one. Uh, I, I, this might be my first time having a disagreeing take. I think we need to make a serious move. Uh, I've been arguing with Phil for about 72 hours on whether we need a backup playmaker. He's been team deuce, and I've been team not deuce. 
Utah to me is a perfect trade component. I didn't say this on SNY, but I did say in our chat about a week ago, give me Jordan Carson, give me Kelly Olenek. Those two in the package, give him Fournier, even give him Grimes. I don't, what, it, what it costs is on minimal. I'm in it. Olenek can be your backup four, not your, not your backup five. And Jordan Carson, he's a six-man award winner for a reason. That's why I like both him and Brogdon, but both six-man award winners, even though Brogdon should have lost the IQ last year. But they have both won the award. And that means that they're both qualified, competent and okay with being that sets man Carson more than any Carson has also shown ability to be very effective offensively next to two high usage guards in Colin Setston. And for three years, Donovan Mitchell, they, those two closed games, many, many games in a row together, Carson and Donovan. And it was very difficult covering both of them because they're both three. Well, Donovan's a five level score. I would say George three level score, but Jordan Carson is very, very talented and gets you a bucket. Very good foul merchant as well. So to me, adding him and Olenek, Olenek has insurance and a replacement for Precious to give you that, finally give you that stretch shooting at the four and five. And Carson is an automatic microwave off the bench. To me, that is a championship team. And I think the pack is going out would be worth it to get those two. Uh, that's my dream scenario, Phil. And uh, yeah, definitely X on Deuce McBride. I'm sorry, bro. I had to let you so hard on Twitter. Uh, I still love you, though. I uh, I kind of... Like uh, well, Lennox. If you bring him here, he might he might challenge iHeart. I know people not going to too much like that. They liking what iHeart brings because if he can defend and shoot the three, then then you know people become expendable. <laughs> you know how that goes. Um, I I I I agree. I would like a Lennox or, or or Clarkson, but with me when I with, with defenders, I'm real 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 uh stingy with them. I'm, I'm quick. I'm not quick to give them up because they got the hardest part of the game down. That's the hardest part of the game to me is defending to keep somebody in front of you. Like just to constantly think that fast, uh, you know, on a move like defense is really when you, when you locked in, it's really, really, it's hard. That's a hard part of it. So when you got the hardest part of the game, because the offense is repetition, no matter how many times you do slides, you still could be bad at defense. But, but offense is repetition. If I shoot a bunch of times, you know, I get a jump shot. I, I dribble, but I get a handle. So I'm real picky when I want to give a, uh, give away people who have that other side down and they just need the, their, their offense needs to catch up. Because it, 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 if it does catch up, then we just gave up a, a very good two-way player. You understand? So that, that that's why I just want to let us – Let's see. I know Deuce is not the fastest. His handle not the best. I get it. I get it. But that jump shot starting to show, y'all. Maybe, 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 maybe he could be the IQ. You could be. Yeah, I don't have it on me. I don't have it on me right now. I'm looking for my binoculars. I was looking. You know, we always on watch. <laughs> it's okay. We always on watch. But I, I'm on watch for Deuce too. Like I'm just excited that I get to see him more. You understand? So I can see if he has it or not. Um, but yeah, nine minutes. He only played nine minutes and he got into foul trouble. And we actually was trying to make a little push when he was there. And then he got into the, the, the foul troubles and a couple of them weren't fouls either. So yeah, I don't know. I, I just want to see. I need to see. I need more evidence to, 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 to push one way or the other. I would trade for Brogdon, but Brogdon doesn't have what IQ has. That joy, that dog mentality. Brogdon doesn't have that. Jordan Carson does. Even though Jordan Carson's a traffic cone on defense, I know Ebony would be very weary of Jordan Carson having a guard at the point of attack. That is a scary, that's a scary thought. It is. 
in a Tib system. It is. But man, he has he has that energy shifting ability where he did some court and the game changes. And he did spark a, a one-man run on his own because he's such a great transition player. I think that would be a nice counterpoint to Brunson. Brunson's more of a half-court guy to have that IQ element that Clarkson has where he can come in and change the dynamic and the pace and flow of a game. To me, that's that's worth the risk. And just have to be more covering on defense uh, with the rest of the team. And that works better with Mitch being healthy than iHeart at the five. Yeah, I think the overall consensus here is the Knicks need scoring and playmaking off the bench and whoever they can get who can provide that will put the Knicks in a good spot, put the Knicks in a good shape to where they can make that Eastern Conference Finals run. Maybe even the Finals if they get the right Let's go to add to that roster. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was on mute. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I don't know. I, I really don't know which, which way to go right now. I ser- I seriously don't. Um, I, I really hope that Grimes or, or, or Deuce can, can, can step up. But again, we'll see if they let them see. Um, I don't know if we need a, another. I'm cool with a lot of the names. Again, I'm cool with a lot of the names that are being being talked about, but it's whether they want to be on the, the bench or not. And I don't see a lot of a lot of them wanting to play that role, to be honest. Um, but I kind of I like the team despite the L yesterday because it just it just looked like we were drinking our own juice. Like we we thought we had that in the bag, you know. Um, you seen Julius and and. and and uh, Brunson, they they were trying to show like, oh, y- y'all gonna miss me, like y'all should have got me, you know. You seen them, Julius is home, and and, and uh, Brunson playing against his OX team. I understand it. I, I'm not gonna trade the whole farm because of this one game. I'm gonna continue to critique them, you know, to, to see their whole body of work <clears throat> and see how that goes. But um, one thing we didn't talk about was uh. You know why? Why I say it? We need Mitch to just be that perfect center, uh, because you know I hard played yesterday, but it wasn't very impactful to me. I didn't see much. You know, it wasn't super, super, and that's why we just need a a, a complete center, just a different options. You know that, and but I, I did what I did like was I liked the chemistry between. Uh, I didn't see that coming. Grimes and Precious, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I like that chemistry. I did, I did like the chemistry between. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm cool. I like this team. I like the, the defensive makeup. I like that we can give different looks. Now, if this continues two, three games, then we can have a conversation or make a move three, four, five. You know, then 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 I'll I'll be like, okay, maybe moves definitely need to be be made. Um, but right now we're still in the honeymoon phase, so I I need to see what's real and what's not. I've kind of sounded like Papa Left or Fat J from Twitter tonight, but I am not as negative as as my comments may <laughs> seem. I'm I'm actually I'm actually very very optimistic, and I want to I want to say a little positive note. Uh, I want to say Dante DiVincenzo, I love you, my guy. I I love the risk you take on defense because they usually work out. You play the passing lanes better than man anyone maybe since Shump and Jr. I love the energy that you give on defense, even if you get cooked sometimes off the dribble and your shot. My guy is the most pure shooter we've had on this team since Allen Houston. And, and I say that Steve, we've had guys. Novak. Yeah, I was about to say Steve Novak. But... No, Steve Novak, catch and shoot. Yeah. Total shooter, motion shooter, movement gotcha. shooter. Yeah, Houston, yeah, that's the case, yeah. Playing over strings, getting open, my guy. 
He's the best since Allen Houston. When Steve Novak was in the playoffs, when he had single coverage that took a little bit of his air away, my, he was flat. He couldn't hit a damn thing in the playoffs. He he was completely four on five. It was Josh Hart, except without the defense rebounding, intangibles, personality, charisma, love lovability, <laughs> none of those things. You know, just a goofy discount double check. But man, Dante DiVincenzo is a bucket. He's got a beautiful form, beautiful shot, and he played fantastic last night. He probably played the best out of everybody. Uh, him and Randall, I thought, were the two highlights of a night. That's, Randall was the best. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, okay. Yeah, that's, that's why I, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to take him out the starting lineup. He fits very well ver next to Randall and Brunson. He fits very, very well. He doesn't take many shots. He, he doesn't his shot selection is not terrible. It's, it's you're supposed to take those shots. You understand? Like, like those are the shots you're supposed to take and he's hitting them. So that helps Brunson and Randall because they can't leave Dante. People seeing these stats, NBA university just put a, a crazy stat about Dante. He's shooting was a 70% from true shooting percentage. Did I see that right? In the, hold on. I'm going to look it up. Yep. In the last 15 uh, games, he's averaging 13.8 points per game, 70, 70.8. TS percentage. That's wow. crazy. 45.7 from three-point percentage, and he's averaging seven seven attempts from three-point and 1.4 steals per game. Like, like that, that's that's crazy. I, I, I like to see him stay there. I agree with you. And I've heard rumors about why don't we just make Dante DiVincenzo our backup playmaker? If you put if you do the Albert Birds route. And you make him play out of position. Everything that makes Dante DiVincenzo a great player is stripped when he had, now has to start having the ball in his hands. And now he's the one trying to initiate offense. He is so ba badass because he's off ball and he's moving off ball. And that ability is what makes him so dangerous. If you put the ball in his hands, you negate all of his pluses. You take away what makes him special. You need to allow him to be a tertiary or fourth option on the starting unit or the second option off the bench, not the primary ball handler. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I get what they mean by playmaking because when he gets to still, he is the one like Josh Hart does. They push. They do push. So so maybe Tibbs wanted to see maybe how that looks in the half court. I, 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 get, I get that part, but I don't I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I see him do it a little in the, in the um half, like when they're pushing fast break wise. Uh, and I remember we were talking about Brogdon because my memory shot. That's what I meant to tell you. I, I have a saying. It's called put the Legos down. You know the people. You know how Legos they just break apart easily. You know how you, you know you know how Lego pieces they just break apart. What a roast! So, so Brogdon, I know he's playing the most games he's played in a long time this year. I get it, and I was cool with that because uh, Portland they they just wanted expiring a contract. So I'm like, as long as we can get Evan over, we get some help. I'm cool with that. But when you think about who you get back, it's like, okay, Brogdon, put the Legos down. Do I really – can I really trust that? Can I really trust him to 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 to, to help me or be available? And then on, on the other hand, if I want to look at the other side, I'm like, okay, he's not going to play such a big role. So he possibly won't get as injured as, as mo you know, more – he doesn't have to do so as much as prior he had to do. So maybe it'll it'll take some pressure and off his body and things of that nature, but I, I don't I don't I really don't know I don't know about Brogdon I, I always say put the Legos down uh, you know and B when it comes to injury prone players that we got to trade for 
<laughs> I'm like, no, I was no, say, no, Ebony, no. are you talking about Mitch? No, and Mitch <laughs> not, not as much as y'all want to see. He had two the two seasons, but besides that, he's played sixty games most of this, his seasons. Yeah, I look it up, look it up, look it up for real, for real. But um, yeah, I, I that we have to trade for no. I'm not trading picks, and you're not gonna be available. But I don't know. I know we got to get Evan off the team. I really, I know that has to happen. But I just don't want to have to attach another player before we can see something. Yeah. Very that's, that's where I get. <clears throat> I think the general consensus here is we want Devo to play that two role, regardless whether it's in that starting lineup or on the bench. Because if you put him as a starting point guard, that's going to take away what he does best, which I completely agree with, which is why I believe that the Knicks should go after that backup playmaker role so you don't have to move Devo to that backup point guard role. You can have him either as a two in the starting lineup or the two come off the bench if the guy that, that the Knicks get is good enough to be in that starting lineup to move him to the bench, number one. And um, number two, um, pretty much, you know, Ebony was on point with her points as well. Before the Knicks do make a move, McBride, Grimes, and those guys, they do have a month to at least prove their worth to see if the Knicks can stick with them or if the Knicks have to make another move to better the team. So McBride, Grimes, and those guys, you have a month left to prove your worth to the team before the Knicks really go out there and make that one last move that they feel like they need to make to propel this team to the next level. So now I want to move on with the conversation because I think we covered the game in we covered the game thoroughly with other with other topics, include thrown in as well. So I do want to touch on these two topics before we end the show. The first topic, so if y'all were on the Twitter streets or social media, whatever the case may be, Mello had comments to say about RJ, basically calling RJ a bland player and saying that from night to night, you don't know what you're going to get from RJ. You don't know if you're going to get, if you're going to get four points from him or 24 points from him. So basically saying that he's an inconsistent player and that his game is bland, there's nothing exciting about it, and things of that nature. So I just want to get you guys' thoughts on Melo's comments about RJ. Melo is my favorite player of all time. I have burnt more bridges, gotten more fights, and been the most disrespectful in my life defending Carmelo Anthony. And I, I did it since even in the Denver days. Um, he's my favorite Nick ever, and he's my he's my second favorite player of all time after Kobe. Shout out Bean, rest in peace. He's my favorite Nick of all time, not the best, but my favorite. So this is not Stephen A. Smith who watches two games a year commenting on a player. This is someone who I really believe has watched a lot of Nick games, goes to a lot of Nick games, and is embedded in Nick's culture as someone who had a lot of the target on his back for his entire career here in New York. The media did everything they could to rip him to shreds and challenge his. Uh, winning attitude, his ability to defend him being a number one option, and he stuck through it. And I I agree with every single sentiment he said about R.J. Barrett, and I agree without having malice in my heart for R.J. Barrett. I will always love R.J. Barrett, and I hope that he his career with Toronto or wherever else he is is tenfold better than it was in New York. I hope the man eventually wins a chip. I had no issue or beef with him. I'm also happy that he's no longer on my team for O.G. Anobi. All those things can exist simultaneously in my mind and in my heart. But Melo, I caught no lies. Bland? Yeah, that's not bad. That's not terrible. That's not sucks. But bland, a.k.a. boring. Yes, that was R.J. Barrett. Not know what you're going to get night to night. Yeah, inconsistency was probably the biggest 
critique of R.J. Barrett during his time here, maybe even during his time at Duke. Agree with that as well. Some nights there would be four points. Some nights it would be 30. That's pretty much the R.J. Barrett experiment from the moment we drafted him in 2019. So, yes, no lies detected. Love the kid, but was bland, something I would describe his game as. Yes, that's a nominator that I would not use for Randall or for iHeart or for Mitch or for Brunson, but I would certainly use the adjective bland to describe R.J. Barrett. And as Melo said, that's not a slight, just facts. Ebony, what are your thoughts? I definitely agree. Like um, like Lee, Melo is also in my personal uh, favorite players. And uh, before I get into it, I just want to say shouts out to my mama in the chat. I see you, mama. Let's go. <laughs> but, um, yeah, shouts out to Ebony's mom. Thank you. Thank you, mom. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree. It wasn't a shot. He just saying how how he agrees. Um, we all we've been saying it. We've, and people been saying it before he said it. I don't understand why we we getting angry now. Um, <laughs> people always said they didn't know if he had it had what it took and things of that nature. He was even he you know he did the robotic thing that he does. So he knows he he knows what it is. Um, so yeah, I just. The people just looking to picking it. I get it. Um, I I will never unless he gets on the Miles Bridges ache or or giggity uh, path. I would never go against Melo <laughs> ever, 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 ever. <laughs> you have to do something to choosest. But he said what he said. It's his opinion, and other people and a lot of people agree with his opinion. So it's like move on. People just looking. They looking to uh, cause drama. I guess. <laughs> Cause yeah, drama. Um, I'm just, I'm just. It's a win-win trade. You know, RJ goes over there and he's able to show what he's he's capable of. And if if he's not bland, he'll be able to show that too. So we'll see. Only time will tell. But I definitely agree. I I agree with with uh, Mello. Yep. On some points, I told you at a point I didn't agree with him. It wasn't even the RJ one. It was that uh the offensive comment about the uh, winning championships. Oh. I didn't I didn't agree with that at all. I agree with you, Ebony. Yes, defense wins championships, not offense. I agree. If that's the case, Melo will have one. Facts. Maybe. <laughs> and that's my guy. No, no Melo shade for anybody. Try literally like it's, it's AI Melo for me. So yeah, yeah. Facts. Um, me personally, I definitely agree with Melo as well. Um, I don't think it's a slight on RJ Barrett's game because he's not attacking RJ Barrett's character anyway. He's talking about strictly basketball. And if you and if you're talking strictly basketball to RJ, he has been inconsistent and I do think a lot of it has to do with his role which Melo did allude to when he was um making his um opinion about RJ's game because with RJ's game like he's expecting to score 20 points a night and getting a certain amount of shots and things of that nature. And I think him being in Nick's system, where it's like he's playing behind two guys in Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson, you know, that that makes it a bit, you know, like hard for him to do because, you know, to get 20 points when you have two guys ahead of you who are better skilled players on offense, that's going to limit your shots. And then for you to get those 20 points, you have to be an incredibly efficient player to get those points. And he, and he wasn't, and he wasn't, efficient in that way he was inefficient and things of that nature and don't get me wrong i love rj barrett rj barrett's a great guy you know but but his game i just feel like 
you know, there isn't much excitement to his game. And it's true. You know, but now he's in a better situation in Toronto where, you know, he's able to showcase more of his game because now he's not sitting behind, you know, so many people, you know, to score a rock. Like, they give him more of a free reign in Toronto and he's able to showcase his game more and things of that nature. So, you know, RJ, did, RJ Barrett did do a lot for us in, in New York. You know, he's part of the reason why the Knicks even turn it around. You say you have to give him his props for that. But at the end of the day, the OG, the OG trade did benefit the Knicks more. And the, and RJ Barrett going back to Toronto benefited Toronto more. So it's just one of those trades where it worked out for both teams. And both and both players are in better situations now because of it. Yes, facts. I, I just yeah, it's a win-win trade. People and, and people fan the way you want to fan. Like like PSA, I'ma put my own personal <laughs> fan the way you want to fan. If you want to be grumpy, you don't want to support RJ and, and, and IQ. That's cool. Not even grumpy. If you just want to cut ties, I don't want to call it grumpy. If you want to just cut ties, you you can cut ties. I get it. If if you want to support them in Toronto, you watching the games. We probably done made Toronto viewership skyrocket right now. But if you if you wanna if you wanna watch the games, go ahead and do that. Just just give each other the respect to, to do to fan the way you wanna fan. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, I I I wish them nothing but luck. Um but uh we, we are in a better place right now. We really really plugged some major holes and um it, it yesterday it needed to happen because we need to be humbled. I really believe Agreed. that. Yeah, I we, wish it wasn't the game I was at. But yeah, because yeah. even the fans, we was all drinking the juice, you know. We were drinking that juice. We thought OG was going to clamp up Kyrie. No no problems. Like, oh, OG yeah. got this. <laughs> like, that's the type of confidence we, we had. And it's cool and everything. But you got to, you know, like like Kendrick Lamar says, stay humble. Slow yeah. down. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I still believe in this team. I'm not going to let the, the one – the one game make me a toxic toxic person, but yeah, we we probably just needed that because I even the players I think were drinking the juice because normally we would we weren't shooting that many threes the way we were yesterday. They were just jacking it. They was like, oh, we got this. We we can shoot now, <laughs> like constantly. So I don't know. I, I'm just uh, I'm enjoying the, the basketball in general, and uh, I want to see it again. Grimes and Deuce can can do it consistently. If not, then we we have to make we have to make the moves. Facts. I think after that five game winning streak, Knicks fans were fully outside, and then this game against the Mavericks, Knicks kind of came kind of came back in a little bit, have one foot outside, one foot inside, kind of checking the weather to see how the weather is. So you know, I think you know we definitely needed that humbling against the Mavericks to bring the Knicks back down to earth. And I just want to touch on one more topic before we end this show. So. Recently, there's been news reports saying that the Knicks are open to shopping Julius Randle in a trade. And I just want to get you guys' thoughts on it before we end the show. What are your thoughts about trading Julius Randle? I I just want to say real quick because I know people were asking um Scoop, yeah, I know people asking who 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 is Scoop B, but I want you all to know that uh Somebody questioned this again, and it was a Laker, Lakers information he broke during the offseason, and it actually turned out, I believe it was like Lakers information or something, like, and it turned out to be true. So, like, uh, you got to be careful with Scoop because uh, he, he normally doesn't poke his chest out too much, 
So it might be where some smoke, it might be some fire, who knows? But again, our front office is super, super duper 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 secretive. So I don't I don't believe stuff till it happens <laughs> with this with this front office. Um it probably have to be somebody that turns the table. I'm definitely turning the table. I'm hearing uh Larry marketing and they're saying that the only way they'll give up, he's not untouchable. But the only way they'll give him up is if they get, if somebody opposite team gives up their untouchable, basically. So basically he's untouchable, basically. You understand? Um, I don't know. who who could we trade Julius for that would would, would in this the team we have that can elevate us to contenders? That that's available, you know, that they'll they'll listen to us. I'm not seeing many people that I think that's the whole thing that I was going to keep with Julius because his his value is really funny. I don't think we'll get back the type of value we want for him because the league has done crazy to his um excuse me to his reputation. You see they don't big him up. He's a two-time all-star and he gets talked about like what was it Bleacher Report had him behind who? Like a, a bunch of people that never made an all-star game before. Derek so, White. Derek White. Yeah, that's that's why I wait for them bruh picks. <laughs> I wait for them bro picks, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. So who, who we get back to to fill that role, and then we'll probably have to attach some people to him because again, people don't look at Julius like he is the dominant force he is. He can be rather. Yeah, um, it's very interesting for me because with Julius Randall, I feel like if you're going to trade. Julius Randle, the only way it makes sense if it's for a player who's a quote-unquote star slash superstar player that's going to make a huge impact on the team. Because right now, Julius Randle's putting up basically 25, 10, and 5, which are really good numbers. So you're going to have to replace him with somebody who can at least put up a similar production to Julius Randle. And I'm not sure who's available at the moment, that you could really trade Julius Randle for to get a significant return for him. And I do think that, like Ebony said, like his value is kind of funny in the league because, and, and I think it was the interview that JLS had with Mike Scott where it was mentioned, saying that the way teams view Julius Randle, because if you're going to get the best out of Julius Randle, you have to play him the way the Knicks play him. And I'm not sure how many teams out there can actually put Julius Randle in that similar role. So it's very interesting to hear that he might be on the trade block. Who knows? You know, I really don't want to, you know, get on Scoop B saying like he he's not that reliable or whatever the case may be, because he's definitely a cool dude and he definitely and he definitely hits on some of them. So I don't want to say that, you know, it's not a reliable report, but mm -hmm. It's just interesting because to me, it's like if you're going to really trade Julius Randle for another player, got to be for a star player. Like with some of the players that come up to mind based on, you know, who the Knicks were interested in, in the past, you know, one of them is Cat. But again, that contract is huge. So, you know, the Knicks would have to attach players to Julius Randle to make that work. And then on top of that, the Timberwolves are doing very good this season. So I can't see them actually trading Cat at this point in time. Fritz, and B Fritz. is another one. Fritz huh? Fritz mentioned uh he said he would uh he would trade him for Jaron Jackson Jr. That's the oh. only that's actually he said that's the only guy he had traded him for. Hell no. Uh 
I'm not on board with that, but um, but I yeah, like based on like you know players that people like say Knicks are going after, like all like those big name players, like I can't see I can't see them being traded at the moment, like Cat and Beat, etc. So, yeah. but who knows? I mean, he said he said Jaron Jackson Jr. CAA. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, but still, I, I'm not really a fan of trading Julius Randle for Jaron Jackson Jr. Not me though, but. Jeremy Jackson Jr. allergic to rebounding. Yep, that too. Yeah, he he has <laughs> like four five rebounds a game for a big man, which is crazy to me. Very fire rebounding levels. Obi Toppin rebounding levels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But for me, I'm I'm only okay with Julius Randle being traded if it's for a guy that's going to really impact the team. I'm not I'm not a fan of just trading him just to trade him. So yeah, that's all I got to say about it. Scoop is a friend of the show. He's been on the show. Uh, great dude, longtime journalist, very trusted source. For me, it, I I gotta see Ian back that up mm-hmm, before yeah. I can really like put my mind into where thinking about that is fact. I'm not discounting Scoop B as a professional. That's my guy, longtime contributor to many websites, well respected. But Ian is the most pl- Ian and Fred Katz, the two most plugged in people in the NBA circles. I have to see them confirm it in order for me to think that it's real. I am totally against trading Julius Randle because I agree with Ebony. He will not get the right value back for him. There's no one that I would trade him for either. Because in my opinion, right now he's the best power forward in the NBA after Giannis. He's my number two four after him. And I don't think a trade happens until two years from now when he can uh, opt out of his player option and become a free agent. That's when I think they start negotiating whether they don't want to repay him. Maybe they use him as a as aspiring contract to another team that he doesn't want to go to. Similar with Siakam's done through in Toronto. But this year. He is not going. He's not going to be shocked. I, I don't unless Dallas is like, you want Luka Doncic, and he's like, yeah, of course. You know that's it's, it's fantasy land. Those conversations aren't happening. Julius Randle's not going anywhere this year, and I'm glad. I'm happy. I, so. I want him here. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen this year. If anything else, if if anything, if it, if it happens, it'll be an off season, Especially if he does another dud in the playoffs. He's. I, I really believe he might be. It's definitely deuces. Um, because if we're trying to make moves and be a contender, and and our secondary or first, whoever, whatever you want to, you know, rank them. If you want to put Brunson one, him two, or whatever it is, um, he out of here. I, I really believe that uh, everybody, again, everybody's job is on the line. Tibbs looking for extension. Leon Rose looking for extension. They're not letting Randall mess their extensions up. So if he does not perform in the playoffs, we might, we might see, we might see some moves made. Definitely. I, I don't see it happening. Uh, I don't see a star trade. I may be wrong, though. I don't see it happening, you know, trade deadline. Maybe a a piece, a move, a plug, but another, another like, just all-star? Mm-mm. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I can't see Julius Randle being traded before the trade deadline, and I do think that's going to heavily depend on how he performs in the playoffs. And I think it's going to be for a lot of these players as well because the Knicks are in win, win now mode. And if players are still flopping in the playoffs, I can definitely see the Knicks putting some guys on the trading block to see if they can transform this team around to make them truly contenders. Yeah. And, and with Scoop, I remember this. You know, I'm in the X streets. I remember uh, something similar. I forgot the fan base. I really think it was the Lakers. He had mentioned something and they doubted him so crazy. And then, then uh, it turned out to be true, and he was retweeting. He was spinning the block. <laughs> that man was spinning that block ASAP. I was like, okay, do your thing. Do your thing. But 
we only we'll see we'll see uh, anything's possible you see they got rid of the, the kids so everybody anybody you ain't it's a show and go yeah show and go facts 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 i want to shout out the chat Fritz, the best mod in the game, holding it down. Still Knicks fans. Julius Caesar. Ebony's mom. The Ross. <laughs> East Blue Drew. A-Train. And everyone else rocking with us. Thank you for taking time to enjoy our show on this Friday evening. Now, let's move to the broad picks. Um, those who are not familiar, the broad picks are... Basically, you know, plays that happen in sports or just regular life situations that, you know, you just have to like shake your head or just be like, you know, whose man's is this? Basically, that's the timing we're on right now. So, bro, picks. I know Ebony said that she had a bro picks. So I'm gonna let Ebony go first. I, got, I gotta go. I had it. I had it in the chamber already. <laughs> Bleach, <laughs> Bleacher Report with that terrible, terrible list. Derek White over Kyrie. Over random? De Derek, what? Wait, hold on. Wait, what, what list is this? Yeah. I'm looking up. Bleacher Report had a, was it, yeah, they came out with a list. Bleacher Report is ran by Bill Simmons, right? That, uh, that's, no, that's, who, the, that's the ringer. Is that's the ringer. Yeah, the, the ringer. It might have yeah. been the ringer. I'm at, hold on, let me get them correct. I don't want to give, give somebody the wrong bro today. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they came out with a list, and um, yeah, Derek White was pretty high. He was he was he was above. He's definitely above Kyrie. That 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 Kyrie was like number forty two. He was third, like thirty nine or so. He, so they pushing that Derek White, um, propaganda pretty pretty heavy. Is is this like a best players in the NBA type? Yes, of like the top hundred type type style list. I believe wow. it was Bleacher Report. And I think the Rainer also had Randall uh, at a really ridiculous. Yeah, both of them did. Yeah, I believe it was both. So they both deserve the bruh. Yeah, give give them both bruh. I bruh, hate bruh. He's, he's he's a forever bruh. <laughs> that that's um, yeah. yeah, that's very highly concerning. Um, I know Derek Wright is a good player. He's a good um role player, but he's not better than Kyrie. Or Julius Randle, <laughs> or any or any of those players who are actual stars on their roster. Yeah, they, they, it's it's giving me very Brogdon the the what the, they did last year with Brogdon six man award. That was atrocious what they did and how they moved the goalposts and they should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> they All should be facts. ashamed of themselves. Yeah, All I'm facts. looking for it right now. But yeah, they had a list. And it was just he was I remember thirty nine and he was everybody was like better than Kyrie yes they they trying to get him in the All Star game okay so as of right now we know people at Beach Report be smoking the weed <laughs> so we know that at the moment stay <laughs> off the weed exactly <laughs> I'm shit they're smoking the nasty shit. <laughs> they got the regs. Yeah. <laughs> so Lee, do you have any bro picks? Yeah, man, this one hurts. This bro pit hurts. No, I'm not talking about Israel. No, I'm not talking about Joe Biden. No, I'm not talking about Bill Clinton. I'm staying with that. No, <laughs> I, I don't I think it's been a while since I've advocated for a young former player black coach to be fired. Derek Fisher might have been the last one. 
because uh, those opportunities weren't there during the 2000s when I first started watching ball. We've seen a little bit of a reformation, especially since 2020, of really taking seriously former players that are closer in age to the players coming in that can have that level of experience, camaraderie, and empathy needed to the best side of these guys. So these younger generations, they think different, they act different, they feel different. And we're, we're seeing a lot more young coaches, which is why Tibbs, there's some criticism about why he should be around. But one guy who I thought would be doing a lot better than he is is Chauncey Billups. And Billups has not been given a lot of stability with the roster turnover. He had to deal with the long Damian Lillard injury and the Damian Lillard trade uh, circus and now Scoot Henderson. But players have not gotten better under him. There's a lot of volume shooting and a lot of empty buckets and a lot of scoring as an impact winning. And I'm looking at the record right now. My guy first season, 27 wins. Second season, 33 wins. This season, 10 wins. Like my guy overall, a 34% win percentage as of today. I'd sometimes, I dare it Fisher, just because you're young, black, and a former coach, doesn't mean you're going to work out. Should you be given an opportunity? Hell yes. Should you also be canned when you deserve to be canned? Hell yes. And just like Jeff Hornacek, who needed the hell out of town, and David Fisdale, I think it's time to let go of Chauncey Billups and get someone else in there, someone younger, someone who can really bring the best side of his guys, because there's no reason a roster of that talent level should get smacked by 60 by the Oklahoma City Thunder. They got beat double digits by 30, 40 points by us, Dallas, and Portland in only three consecutive games. When things like that happen, when it's that magnitude of losing, to me, that's coach. That's culture. That's accountability. That's trust. And I, I, that, to me, means Chauncey Billups, Gago, and bring someone in here, these young players like Shane Sharp, A-plus a, a young talent. Anthony Simons, B-plus young talent. DeAndre Ayton, C-plus young talent. Mainly, Scoot Henderson, who came into the NBA as one, with the, one of the best skill sets I've seen in a while, the guard position. Uh, Russell Westbrook Jr., for him to be playing at the efficiency level that he is, that's also coach not putting him in the best positions for him to succeed. So, my bro pick, unfortunately, Chauncey Billups, you got to go, bro. You're looking like the next state, uh, Derek Fisher, and that's not a good thing. That's not a good comp. So, yeah, Matt Barnes, yourself out of here, bro. <laughs> Laker fans would have said, why are you going to say I coach? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, with the, with the way Lakers are playing at the moment, Darvin Ham might be next. Who, who knows? But um... Dar Darvin Ham has a lot more pressure. And a lot more, like, you got to win now. I mean, expectations was AD and LeBron. And he has a better roster, yes, but LA comes with a certain brand, chaos. And I think, like, Jacques Vaughn, he has stayed the ship. He's kept guys at least engaged. Where you didn't beat by 50, 60 points, you've lost a locker room. That's effort. Yeah. Yeah, pretty uh, much. And that's going to pretty much carry over to my bro pick with the um, Trailblazers by we're getting smacked by 62 points. <laughs> against the Thunder. The Thunder's a great team. Saying. I'm sorry. You're an NBA team with that's, that's NBA talent. You're not supposed to be getting smacked by no damn 62 damn points. And the Thunder are good. They're overachieving, but they're the different nuggets. They're a, a young team with very few veterans. You let a team like that come in and smack you? You got no heart. So yeah. that, to me, that deserves that, that deserves. I don't know if y'all can see that score. That say fifty six to one hundred and eighteen at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, that's what. That's no. terrible. So th th uh, there's evidence behind why I picked him as my brother, and it's sad because Chauncey. I love Chauncey. I think he's the only Finals MVP to not be in a Hall of Fame. That might change, 
uh, he might eventually get in. Chauncey was a great one. Chauncey went to Denver. He turned that team around and really made them a true contender, but uh, replacing Allen Iverson. That was an, one of the best trades of that era. Uh, I thought they were really going to win it all, but as a coach, man. So Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher was a winner his whole career. Yeah, Fisher's a terrible coach. Too. Sure, but terrible coach. And Chauncey's Kyle looking like the same. Then he brought his terribleness to the WNBA. Over there, too. He brought his terribleness to Matt Barnes' two-piece. And the funny thing about it is that I think their coach is – I think Derek Fisher's actually coaching Matt Barnes' AAU team, if I'm not mistaken. They came full circle. <laughs> Which is crazy. And my next bra pick goes to Precious Achua. Oh, we were man. all watching the Knicks Come at on. the Barrys last night. My man showed great effort diving on the floor, getting the loose ball that my man proceeded to make to make a no-look pass. Don't know where the hell he was passing the ball to. He was. The, I don't know if he thought that one of his teammates would magically be be there, whatever the case may be. But my guy just magically just threw the ball over his head, and it resulted in a turnover. Precious, I love the effort. You gotta do better, my guy. You gotta do better. My man took good things happen when you hustle to the ultimate heart. He said, "Somebody, <laughs> somebody will catch this. If I just throw it over my head, I'm hustling. You gotta get there." <laughs> My man just my man just depend on God for that. He was like, you know what? I put in a great effort for this, so you know what? It's just gonna come to fruition. God lead it to the right person. He just sent to the right person. Turnover. Take the wheel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that's the definition of Jesus. Take the wheel right there. That's a true definition right there. <laughs> Take the wheel. That's too funny. But nah, precious is funny. He's funny. I see Shaq in the food for him a couple times. I do. Yes. <laughs> uh, Julius, I think it was Julius and Hart made Shaq not too long ago. Oh, yeah, uh, they did. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, last night they definitely did both of them. <laughs> Hart for that pass. Yeah, yeah Hart, the pass, the, the pass for Hart. And then yeah. Julius Randle, I think it was, um, who was, who, who the Knicks played again? But like after, the, like at the end of the quarter, he bounced the ball hard to play him in his head. Yeah, he, he had a, he had a James Harden moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm good with Brooke. I don't have any more. Same, I'm out. It's just Chauncey, unfortunately. Okay, and I guess um that is and about show unless anybody else has anything else they want to add before we close this out. I mean, you know me. I got my recommendation. <laughs> All right, so we got his recommendations. So I'm going to just get straight to the point. Everybody going to drop your um your tags on social media. So first, Lee, let them know where to find you and your recommendation for the book club. At underscore Lee Estrebedo, L-E-E-E-S-C-O-B-E-D-O, or searching hashtag bum, and you'll probably find me in a thread fighting with either Uncle Fulio or Fat J from Florida or Phil and the Morning Crew guys. You know, I only debate with the best, so that's a compliment to all you guys that I love debating. Uh, today's book club is actually something I wrote. I wanted to share something I mean, I worked very hard on that not a single publication that I write for was willing to print. 
And that is because it's about Kyrie Irving. And I went on a long 2,000-word argument on why Kyrie Irving deserves an apology from the mainstream media for the way that he was dragged across the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the, all, all the channels across the landscape for being someone who spoke up of his beliefs. I thought the last time I checked, we live in America and we have the right of freedom of speech. And Kyrie actually had moments we came out and said, I'm not anti-Semitic. I love my Jewish brothers. I, I, those parts of the video that were outrageous, I do not agree with. But what he did agree with is that there were cults in the United States that have propagated very dangerous points of views and have done some very dangerous things. That's a fact. That's a fact. And he also pushed an agenda of black girl liberation. The last time I checked, that's not illegal in America either. So why is Josh Giddy and, and Miles Bridges in the NBA playing game a game when there's plenty of evidence for Miles Bridges to be in a jail cell and plenty, plenty of evidence of Josh Giddy to at least be held out while a very serious police investigation is happening right now over him having sex with a 15-year-old? Why does Kyrie Irving have one of the worst reputations in terms of the mainstream media? So I wrote, I wrote a very long dissertation. And none of these bum publications had the cojones to print it, even though I, I felt like what I was arguing was very even-keeled. I wasn't very like intense about it. I didn't defend anything that he did except his right to do it. Kyrie Irving, whether he's right or wrong, he has the right to be right or wrong. And he has a right to speak his piece. And a lot of what he has done has been very philanthropic to the communities in which he identifies with. The Native Americans, brother and sisters in Standing Rock, and his African American brother and sisters across the nation, where he's from, where he's been, every city he's been in, he has invested in the people on a ground level, giving resources, foods, blankets, even during COVID when he was taking the vaccine. Guess what? He's passing out masks. He's passing out blankets. He's passing out food, pulling up to Brooklyn, dropping off plates full of uh, pallets full of food for the, his communities. He stands up for what he believes in. And I, I love this brother for that. He is one of my favorite basketball players and light mellow one of my favorite people in the United States. So I'm going to drop the link in the chat. You guys can read it, critique it, get back to me, but Hey, shout out Kyrie Irving. I watch a masterclass in basketball and I've been watching a masterclass and you, as long as you've been in the lead salute, brother, I love you. Facts. I, I agree 100% with everything you just said. I need to read that. Um, <laughs> just dropped drop it in the chat. Definitely. I'm definitely going to read that. And uh, I don't have a book for today because we lost. And I, I, have, <laughs> I didn't have a book that said anything with anything negative because we lost. But what I do have is a prop because this is how we play. Y'all see that? This is what we. This is how IQ. Our basketball IQ was yesterday rock. just on rock, <laughs> on rock. <laughs> no, IQ, no IQ whatsoever. Whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that's it. We hopefully we will get that together. You know, I know pressure pressure does put bust pipes like they say pause. It does, and you go back to what you know. But I need them to know more next time. That's all. I'm not gonna kill them this time about uh you know we we it's one game if it becomes five and six games that then we, we can talk. Facts, facts. So Ebony, where can they find you on social media? You can find me here every post game. You can find me on Twitter at uh Mad Nick Fan. i also do the pre games every pre game at Your Take Nicks. And you can also find me on VSN Network and Instagram and Mad Nick Fan. I'm get, I, I think I put some. I tried to put some up there, so I'm getting better, y'all. I'm trying, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, that's it.
That's facts, it. facts, facts. Um, you can find me on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at Ryan G K O T. You can also find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. And yeah, um, that is our show. Um, Fritz will definitely drop the KOT handles in the chat before we go. KOT show on Twitter, um, the Nick of Time show on Instagram, and I think on every other platform as well. That is our show. Thank you to the chat for being with us. Oh, Ryan, real quick, I wanted to show everybody because I ain't forget okay. about my guy Mitch. You know, I gotta still support. I don't know if y'all can see my guy Mitch. Wait, hold on. Wait, wait. Hey, you Make see the 23 23 again. You see the 23? Hey, Mitch, make defense great again, y'all. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Big up, big up, Mitch. And as always, shout out to Worldwide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. That is our show. Thank you for watching. We out of here. We're Ryan, wait, 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 wait. I want to give you some big ups, brother. This has been the best show you've hosted since I've been on the channel. My guy, man, it's coming second nature, man. I guess all of his years working at the JL is the greatest <laughs> host in the game. Would have rubbed off on the greatest YouTube co-host in the game. So I want to give you your flowers, my man. You, The way you organized and, and ran the point for our conversations. My man, Jalen Brunson tonight, bro. Masterclass <laughs> and being a host. I really want to give you your big ups. Man, you've been growing, not just professionally, but personally. Love the SNY. Let's give Ryan G some flowers in the chat and props. My guy is an MVP tonight. That's my main man. Love you, Ryan G. Ryan on his quarterback. Hey. Let's go, <laughs> Ryan G, baby. <laughs> Yo, thank you for the love. Thank you for the love. We're going to be back after um tomorrow's game against the Wizards. That's our show. We out. Peace. York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams. In, 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 in,